Public Podcasting has partnered with the SEC Foundation and students from the Santiago Canyon College's English 100 class to develop and produce three research-based podcasts. The selected groups of students researched and presented their findings, and we at Public Podcasting helped them transform their work into these episodes. We are so proud to introduce these three episodes from the students of Santiago Canyon College. Turning a New Leaf, Exploring the Path of Legalization and Decriminalization of Marijuana. Cryptospace, Offering a Starter's Lesson to the World of Cryptocurrency. And finally, Teenage Addiction and Quitting, Revealing the Challenges Teenagers Face When Kicking a Nicotine Habit. Enjoy. Hello, welcome to the first episode of Turning a New Leaf, a podcast where we will be discussing the legalization of marijuana on a federal level and uh, the path that we've kind of taken as a country and uh, the pros and cons of cannabis consumption. I'm Zoe. I'm Melody. Hi, I'm Sammy. Hi, I'm Aya. And today we're going to just go ahead and start diving in into this podcast. We spent the last month or so just gathering information, facts and everything. And we're ready to share it with you guys. So yay! let's go. All right, well, this is Melody. I'm going to go ahead and go into the infographic portion of this podcast. Um, so my information I got is really, it's, it's great information. I got it from CannabisIndustry.org. And um, basically, it's the 10 benefits of marijuana. And I'll go over 10 of them really quickly. So one of them is it relieves pain, which is important because nobody wants to be in pain. Um, it increases lung functionality. It helps fight cancer. It alleviates inflammation. It slows Alzheimer's disease. It preserves healthy eyes. It's good for sleep and reducing pain. It helps protect the brain. It reduces nausea and it's good for the gut. And also, I just wanted to dissect um, one of these points of the 10, which is um, help fight cancer. I was able to interview with a gentleman named Jeremy Walkowitz, a gentleman that was on the campaign with Dennis Perone, which he was in charge of the 1996 Prop 215 law that passed. um, And that allowed you with a prescription from your doctor um, in California to um, get marijuana. And he let me know um, firsthand how in the early 2000s, they were part of a group called California for Compassion Use, also known as CCU. And what they did is they had patients that would come in and they were able to develop relationships relationships with them, long relationships. And this gentleman told me that he witnessed firsthand two patients completely healed from cancer, um, no radiations, no medications, no chemo, complete remission, only using cannabis. So I just thought it was pretty cool to bring that point up. And also, um, I, I think it's important for us to remember that when we're, we're discussing the benefits of cannabis legalization and the health benefits it can improve people who are sick. We also want to know that there are no points here on this infographic of any dangers that it can cause. It only talks about the benefits. I just kind of want to make that clear. The Control, Regulate, and Tax Adult Use of Marijuana Act 
is an article published in 2016, but it updates very often since the laws are always changing. California now joins several states, including Washington, Oregon, and Colorado, where personal possession of use of marijuana is decriminalized. Marijuana helps people with anxiety and also helps people with too much energy to calm down. Mm-hmm. Marijuana is still a crime if someone under the age of 21 is using it without a medical card. Um, I like that you kind of tied it with Melody's thing about talking about the props and the acts, but do you know like specifically um, more about being under 21 and how you, if you had like a medical condition, how you could get into that? I think you just have to go to your doctor and they can like give you one if you mm-hmm. have a valid reason. On that point, I'm going to bring up Proposition 64. The Proposition 64, which states that the adult use of marijuana, it only allows adults who are 21 years old and over to possess and grow marijuana for recreational use. But, of course, there are some people who need it medically um, for serious reasons. So if you're under 21 and um, you have marijuana but you're not medically licensed, you can face fines um, and even do mandatory drug education or counseling and community service, which sucks. So it's usually just easier to go get that medical card from a trusted doctor. All right. um, Something I found pretty interesting about the legalization with marijuana is not only is it happening in the U.S., it's happening in other countries um, like Uruguay, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, This article by Jonas Hoffman. uh, Jonas Hoffman is a researcher for uh, drug policies in Latin America and has different uh, awards for his articles that he's written about the drug reform activism. Um, But he specifically kind of focused on Uruguay in his article, and he talks about how they argue that cannabis reform originated from a strong demand for public safety and the presence of pro-legalization leaders in certain positions and in a favorable political environment kind of influenced it rather than just one person saying, hey, you know, let's legalize marijuana in, in Uruguay. It was kind of more everybody started at the bottom and the government saw that kind of togetherness with everyone that they decided that they're going to have their top-down support for the bottom supports it with the bottom being like the citizens like the foundation of the movement and then the top down is like the government just kind of sealing it off so i think that that's kind of cool because uh i could kind of see that it's kind of happening the same way in the U.S. with like a lot of the citizens Mm -hmm. are pushing for that legalization. And we've got like a lot of uh, activism and a lot of kind of grassroots activism happening on a lower level Mm -hmm. um, that the government is starting to take it into consideration. Right. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a that's crazy. I mean, how much we are progressing with the whole idea of Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we also have a big point of financial windfalls that have been significant because of the legalization of marijuana. Mm -hmm. There have been, so in 2018, there were sales that were estimated between 8 billion and $10 billion nationally. Um, Yeah. It's, it's a crazy number. Um, Analysts have predicted that they could reach $30 billion in five years. Like only five years, it can reach $30 billion. And that generated over $1 billion in tax revenue last year. 
um, I mean, and not only just in California, there, um, in Colorado, Colorado, of course, there was, um, more than a thousand medical and recreational stores, which is more than McDonald's and Starbucks combined. Um, yeah, (laughs) I was just going to say like, that's a lot. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. And, um, even though it might seem easy, these places do have like certain rules. So they're pretty straightforward about what has to happen. So Mm -hmm. you have to be 21 years or older. Um, you have to show ID sign in Mm -hmm. and you're recorded by cameras. And on top of that, the staff have to be licensed to serve you. Mm -hmm. So even though it's legal, there's still many, many rules that are kind of I guess protecting minors um, and also making sure that adults are, <clears throat> excuse me, using it safely. Um, to kind of, you know, wrap this up, marijuana is still illegal at the federal level. So there's a lot of problems that are remaining. Um, specifically, there is a disorder called marijuana use disorder, where it's a real thing, it's a chronic use of the drug that often negatively impacts a user's life. Some states have also seen an increase in cases of driving under the influence of marijuana. Mm -hmm. There are many marijuana-related hospital visits. Um, Some involve smoking or eating too much, which resolves pretty quickly. So the effects are not deadly or anything like that um but they do see a rise of hospital visits that are related to consuming marijuana so they're just kind of trying to figure out how we could prevent that more while continuing continuing to delegalize it in all states um so yeah it's it's a complicated social and political experiment that this country is running and it's all happening fairly quickly and um yeah a lot of people are just excited to see where this is gonna go yeah well that makes sense that they make it 21 and over because the last thing we want is someone that's irresponsible getting behind the wheel and kind of ruining it for everybody exactly so the the fact that the facts that you're bringing up about 21 and over is pretty cool so thank you aya yeah of course thank you guys yeah so uh i think that we should just kind of switch it into just more us kind of talking about how we feel about it on like a personal level, just kind of connecting it to who's talking about it. I'm a marijuana smoker. I suffer from anxiety and I actually have a service dog. I've been, I mean, I don't have to get into details of what I've been through, but I, I consume it on a daily and it does help me with anxiety. I mean, even when I come to class, it's difficult for me. Um, I have like social anxiety. Um, So for me, it's, if I don't, have the the usage of it it does affect me on a daily basis like it's important to me so that's just yeah yeah and that's and that's like another good um point is that many people need it for like mental health and a lot of people think that just because it was considered a bad drug it's actually helping so many people and i can even speak on a personal level um I also smoke on a daily basis. Um, I have had a few spine surgeries, so I'm in pain a lot of the time. So the marijuana just kind of literally helps my pain instead of being on these, you know, pills that these doctors are giving me. So I've always like favored the natural plant because it's just, it's helped my life so much. And 
It even helped with like my PTSD, my depression. Um, I'm also bipolar. And so it's helped me with that as well. So, you know, everybody has a reason for using it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not someone who like uses it on a daily basis or like really at all. So it's really interesting to see how everyone uses it because I'm I'm kind of talking about it from an outsider's perspective so it's really awesome seeing how like all of the information that we brought up is on a national level how it supports everyone but really talking about it on like a personal level with you guys on how it, it helps you guys it's really awesome to see that yeah I'm like Zoe I don't really use it at all but I do respect the people that do use it because they all have valid reasons I think we've all brought up like really good points about everything. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much comes up our yeah. Podcast. Thank you so yeah. much, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope we gave you all the information you needed. Yeah. Bye. Thank Bye, you, guys. Sammy. Bye, Bye guys. Thank you. Always awesome. Bye. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Turning a New Leaf. We hope you learned something new and we hope you stay informed on this topic. Thank you to everyone on my team for working so hard on this and for working together to complete this episode. Welcome to the crypto space. This is our first episode of many. Today, we're going to go over what cryptocurrency is and the pros and cons of cryptocurrency. Our goal is to make sense of this thing everyone is talking about, but not a lot of people understand. I am Diego Torres, and I am very excited to introduce our other host, Noah Taperez, Nathaniel Cruz, and Christian Martinez. In the beginning, before this podcast, I wasn't too familiar with crypto, but now I am very interested in the crypto world, and I think I'm probably going to get into investing. My experience for crypto is I'm still kind of a beginner, still learning the ropes of it, but I'm in a few coins like Ethereum, XRP, Cardano, and recently I got into some metaverse coins like the Sandbox. What about you, Nathaniel? Well, I recently started investing in Bitcoin and Shiba, and I'm also working on a new project that involves certain NFTs. So what is crypto? To simply put, cryptocurrencies are an electronic peer-to-peer currency. They don't physically exist. You can't pick up a Bitcoin or an Ethereum and hold it in your hand or pull one out of your wallet. But just because you can't physically hold these coins, it doesn't mean they aren't worth anything. As you probably noticed by the rapid rising prices of virtual currencies over the past couple of months. Crypto is backed by a special type of technology called blockchains. Blockchain is a pretty complex and confusing topic, but in simple words, blockchains are a system of recording information in a way that makes it difficult or impossible 
to change, hack, or cheat the system. So basically, blockchain is a game changer because it eliminates the middleman. So the first cryptos out there was Bitcoin, obviously, and it was made by Satoshi Nakamoto in January 2009. Um, there's not a lot out there about him. He remains a mystery and till this day, which is kind of crazy to think. And who knows what, who knows where he is right now or what's he doing, what he's doing. So um, what are the pro, what are some pros and cons? Well, I mean, what are some pros of crypto? Yeah, so some pros are that crypto is protected from inflation. Crypto is self-governed and managed. It is also decentralized. So inflation causes many currencies to decline in value over time. But with something like Bitcoin, only 21 million Bitcoins were uh, released to the world. And with demand increasing, it's only causing Bitcoin to increase in value and maintain value with the market. According to the article, Bitcoin and the Future of Digital Payments, written by William J. Luther, who is a scholar at Cato Institute Center for Monetary and Financial Alternatives, states that, quote, Bitcoin is the beginning of something great, a currency without a government, something necessary and imperative, end quote. So overall, this causes protection from inflation. To add on to that, another pro about cryptocurrency that I would like to talk about is that it is self-governed. Developers store crypto transactions on their hardware so they can keep transaction records up to date and uh, decentralized. Staying on the topic of decentralization, the main pro of cryptocurrency is that the developers control it. Decentralization also helps cryptocurrency stay monopoly free, which will lead to the currency being uh, stable and secure. In the website BitGive, Connie Gallippi, who was the first female founder in cryptocurrency space. Uh, Connie writes about how cryptocurrencies can affect online donations. And uh, Connie also says, by taking advantage of the benefits of Bitcoin and blockchain technology, we can improve the way the world does charity and thus benefit the world. Uh, Connie is saying that crypto and blockchain technology is suitable for online donations and uh, charities. Although cryptocurrency can benefit the financial world, there are some cons you must know about. There is market volatility and a lack of federal insurance. And there are some scam coins out there. Market volatility is a big thing when it comes to cryptocurrency. For instance, a customer may purchase a used car for two Bitcoins. Then two Bitcoins are of equivalent to the value of $1,060. The dealer or merchant should keep in mind that the value of Bitcoin may increase or decrease. Another one is if untraceable digital cash comes to exist in the economy, governments will be concerned. The reasons governments might worry about untraceable digital cash is that it makes certain, uh, certain kinds of crimes easier, in particular crimes like kidnapping, extortion that involve the payment of a ransom. So now after all this, you may be asking, how do I get started with investing in cryptocurrencies? So like some advice I would give is um, read up on the Bitcoin.org official statement and also read the white paper by Satoshi Nakamoto to get a better understanding of the concept and, the and more about the blockchain technology. And some three tips I would recommend is that understand what you're investing in 
So like research it, don't like listen to other people, don't listen to what the media's saying and know what you're getting into. Also be in it for the long term. Don't look for quick money. And another thing is um, make sure you manage your risk. Now you may be asking, how can I get, what, what apps can I use to invest in cryptocurrency? There are many apps out there. It's all up to preference. But some of these apps include Coinbase, Crypto.com, and Weibo. This concludes our podcast. Hope you all enjoyed learning about crypto and how it can change the financial world. We are very passionate about cryptocurrency and we hope we have motivated you to get into the cryptocurrency market. If you are motivated enough to start investing, follow the tips we previously discussed. Thank you for listening to the very first episode of the Crypto Space Podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day and tune in to our next episode. Basically, every person I know, I think, does nicotine or was previously addicted to nicotine or just knows has, someone that smokes regularly. Has been around it. Even in high school, there was no real safe place. Kids would vape in class, bathroom, in the halls, wherever. Like, mm-hmm. if you went to any school, you could probably find a vape within 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so, it's so easy. How's it going, everyone? My name's Ethan. I'm Jimmy. I'm Amron. And this, and my name's Luke. And this is our podcast and our stories about how teenage addiction to nicotine has affected us and how is it affecting the younger generation. You didn't even say the name of the podcast. That was the whole thing. How's it going, everyone? My name's Ethan. I'm Jimmy. I'm Amber. I'm Luke. And this is our podcast, Teenage Addiction and Quitting. Uh, we put this podcast together to talk about and explore some of the problems teenagers have to go through when it comes to nicotine and addiction. Um, it has exploded in the recent years and it has become a very prominent problem in our generation. How's that? Intro. <laughs> What we're talking about today is teenage addiction and quitting. Um, we're talking about more specifically nicotine addiction in our generation. And we just want, we're putting this together to kind of explore and talk about the problems teens go through when it comes to addiction and kind of just give our personal experiences and some information about nicotine addiction. Like, do you guys remember like when you guys like, like your first ever time hitting the vape? Like, do you remember that? Yeah, that was insane. That I was, was insane. I was 13 at the pool, and I had gone because all of middle school, all my friends were trying because you know there's always peer pressure, just mm-hmm. fine. All my friends always wanted to me. They're like, dude, just hit it. It's zero nicotine. Like, yeah, it's not gonna I do just, anything to you. And I hit it at the pool. I was yeah. And I here I am, five <laughs> years later, still addicted to nicotine. Just like man. I was gonna say like, what did I do? I was always thinking like, oh, you know, it's zero nic. Like, it's not really bad for you. It's, it's just a buildup. Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh, I want oh, this. I started on 30, 40, 50% and just keep going. And then all of a sudden you're at cigarettes and then you have lung cancer. See, the craziest thing is sometimes it's not even fueled by wanting to fit it. Like literally the reason why I started like 
Like the reason, like the, I remember my first time ever going into a shop and buying one and just like, holy cow, I have it. The only reason why I want it, because I like dragons. I love the smoke coming out of my mouth. I feel like a dragon. I'm not, I'm addicted to nicotine now, but. When I was younger, I thought it looked cool. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I thought it looked yeah. cool, and that's why I did it. And now it's just more like a necessity. Like I, mean, I just need it now. I remember, like, like vapes were, to help, were supposed to help you get off yeah. nicotine and get you away from cigarettes as a healthier, alter- a healthier alternative. But it, like, it's the complete opposite. All that yeah, stuff, like I know people all that, that stuff's not bad. all this stuff's bad for you. Mm-hmm. I know that people that started with started um nicotine with vapes and are now smoking cigarettes yeah that's right yeah literally as an alternative because they literally like nicotine like vaping is not as like you don't get the same buzz you do as you do a cigarette i've tried i've tried them both and i cigarettes are significantly like you get a way bigger buzz from cigarettes than you do like a normal vape i feel like a lot of people a lot of people in our generation started off with the vapes whereas other people in like older generation started off with something else and then they went into the vapes we started off with the vapes and then we go into yeah. other things that you know worse. what honestly i couldn't name five people who smoke cigarettes instead of vaping like it's just so common now. it goes hand in hand really yeah like it's, it's so kind of normalized than cigarettes though to like keep on you and use regularly if you if you smoke a cigarette you kind of have to go outside for like a few minutes and smoke it mm-hmm. with vapes just, just you, you just can hit it you can do it in a hallway. You can, you can hit it anywhere. Like, you can hit it inside, you can hit it outside. You it's because it they're odorless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, odorless, and the smoke dissipates into the air just so quickly, and just no one will ever notice. And, and you just hit your quick buzz. And it's, and not like, doesn't, it's not too harsh like the after vape. Like, yeah, like weed and, and nothing, cigarettes. There's nothing burning, so it's like not just lingering around. Mm-hmm. Taking it back to like the old days, like the Marlboro guys, like he was, he was the shit. He was everything. He was. Cool. It was cool to smoke cigarettes. It was cool yeah. to to be a race car driver with the marble red and just mm-hmm. be cool as bones. You look badass. You smoke a cigarette. You yeah. just look cool, you know. But also, like bringing it back to like high school, like according to like the CDC, literally it says among current e-cigarette users, forty three point six percent of high school students and seventeen point two percent of middle school students still vape. And are continuously growing in that number, yeah. and I feel like that's like so scary. But at the same time, I'm not surprised at all. You know, it's crazy. Because the culture behind it, all the influencers oh, yeah. that do it, it's like just do it. Like, why not? Like the fruity flavors. Like, oh, you want you like lemonade? There's a vape for that. Oh, you like the flavor for anything. There's yeah. literally a flavor for anything. There's literally a pudding flavor. Yeah, yeah. Pudding. Is there actually? Swear to God, <laughs> dude. You know what's crazy? It wasn't always like this. If you take it back to 2011, anti-smoking companies actually reduced like high school nicotine addiction from 15.8% to down to 8.1%. But when the invention of e-cigarettes came around, if you take it up to 2018, one, uh, it went from 1.5% of high school students were addicted to nicotine all the way up to 20.8% of students were addicted to nicotine. And that was stated in the book, The Vaping Controversy, which was published in uh, 2019 by Lori Hilstrom. Wait, so let me let me ask you. So vaping really just blew up uh oh, blew up the industry, the nicotine industry. I'm gonna ask you guys a question. Have you guys um it's just for you guys, have you guys ever like experienced any social like differences with vaping or with you know nicotine? Oh I I mean hundred percent. Like say you're at a party and I mean I tried to quit. I was clean for eight months and then I went to a party and this we I was just kicking it with my friends and they were like, yo, hit this. I'm like, nah, I'm clean. And then he goes, nah, just just hit it. It's fine. One grip's not gonna kill you. And then 
I hit it again, and here I am back. Same. It's kind of like a, a social a thing, too. It's kind of how, like, because everyone does it, especially mm-hmm. if you go to a party. Those are the type of people that are going to do it. So everyone there either has one or does it. And it's like a social thing, too. It's kind of like how you can meet people, too. Like, yo, can I – we call them chiefs around here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, can I hit your chief? And then you hit your chief, and then you guys start talking. All of a sudden, you know. Yeah, like, oh, you're a homie. You could, I, yeah, let me hit it. All yeah. right. Yeah, whenever I hear someone say, no, I don't smoke, I'm like, oh, wow, that's new. That's new. Yeah. I usually never, you never hear that. You really, ne- I swear you never hear yeah. that. I've only heard that, like, two or three times going to parties. Yeah. And, like, like, oh, I don't smoke, or oh, I don't drink. It's like, what? And if they don't, then they get into it. Like, yeah. If, that's, if they've never done it and they're at a party, they're going to most likely do it. So one thing that I found on the Mayo Clinic um, website was that vaping because it's so like attractive to like the younger generation and like teenagers, there's so many symptoms that come with it. Like there's like, you know, addiction to where you can't ever get off it. Like it's just so hard. Like you think like you think you're gonna stop, but you're like, I'm gonna quit next week, but next week you're buying two more. It's just it's so hard to quit sometimes. That's not a statistic. Yes, that is a statistic. That's what it said on the website. Oh. <laughs> you can cut that out. Josh, anything to say? Quiet. Insert cricket noise. Thank you. <laughs> <It's kinda quiet. laughs> I was gonna say, I feel like more people start because, especially with weed too, most people start because like they're going, like they're stressed out about either school or they're stressed about something with their family, and it just makes them less yeah. stressed. And it's so, most it's so hard to quit. In an article I read called uh, "Framing Nicotine Addiction as, uh, as a Disease of the Brain," uh, Molly Dingle was talking about how uh, nicotine addiction should be taken a lot more seriously, and you should like go to groups to help you quit. And maybe not just be like, oh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit at home, blah, blah, blah. Or as Molly Dingle like says in her article, you could try doing more of like a pharmaceutical approach where like you use other things to kind of help you lead yourself out of it. Or you could do uh, like group meetings or something along those lines, get, have guidance counselors help you. Like you, you, you probably need a lot more support. The withdrawals are crazy. Like, you need a lot of self-discipline too. Yeah, you, yeah. it is you, a lot more self-discipline than you really think. I don't. I have tried to quit so many hard, times. Dude. You really just need it's to. It's such a set your mind a, to it. You so you. It's such a numbing feeling driving to the shop, buying the buying the vape, and then just sitting feel, in your car looking at it, it knowing that you guilty. wanted to quit. Just. Using yeah, the only cash I have in my wallet. Just like, oh my god, I just need the buzz, but like, it's you, just you think you think you can stop, and then when you think about it, you can't. Like, you want it, you still want it, even if you don't want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the tips I saved up from work just go straight to a vape. It's like, oh, what a waste of money. Yeah. Yeah. Just for sure. it to be gone by the next week, you know. It's yeah. Insane. It's insane. It really is a bummer. Man, I wish I never started. I really wish I really never did. Imagine how it's going to affect us in the later life. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. even want to think I about wish that. I could see so how bad. much money I have spent on just vaping products alone in the last, since my freshman year of high school, when probably, I was 13. Oh, probably could have bought a house. Probably could have bought a house. Probably could have put a down payment on a house in your I mean, I have a vape right now, <laughs> and it's it was literally 20 bucks. <laughs> 20 bucks. And it's, my, and it's my fourth one in, in three months. So if we do the math, that's 80 bucks. And I have okay. bought Chiefs continuously for, yeah. yeah, I don't even know how, maybe a year and a half. Yeah. 80 bucks a month. You oh, I know bucks people, a month for a year and a half. So. I know people who will go through the $20 ones in like two days. Mm-hmm. They'll spend like a hundred bucks a week mm-hmm. on Chiefs and just blow through their money. Like any money they get, they yeah, immediately go. 
oh, I can go buy, I can go buy a vape, like I can go buy this or, or this. They're probably paying more for a vape a month than uh, like a phone plan or like. Insurance. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Damn, that was heavy talk. I mean, just the amount of money we spend on all that is just ridiculous. Yeah, once you see the numbers and the statistics on nicotine and how much money I've spent over the years and the chemicals that you're putting into your body, it really puts into perspective how bad it is and how change does need to happen. But I don't know, that's kind of my view on it. I mean, yeah, like thinking about how much money I've spent, like I could have bought so many other great things, but I've spent it on like, you know, things that harm my body. So now maybe quitting and like, you know, save my body. Now I don't have to like think about pants or anything in the later life. It's, you know, stopping this might be a great thing for us. Yeah, the only thing that sucks is it's gonna be like it's a rough road to stop. So it's, I think I'm ready it's for gonna it. suck. But yeah, I, I'm. I want to say I'm ready for it. I'm ready to quit after we go smoke. What do you guys think? Are you sure? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. You're down. Thanks for tuning in and listening to these students' podcasts. We also want to send a thank you to Ruth Cassio-Munez, the Interim Executive Director at the Office of College Advancement at Santiago Canyon College. Also, thank you to all the students of English 100 class. And a very special thank you to one of our producing partners, Jonelle Strickland, for coordinating this partnership and for being an inspiration to all of her students. For more socially conscious content, visit publicpodcasting.org or follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you podcast.